is Saturday, December 26, 2015, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and one of the things that many people tell us, one of the issues that they have with homilies is that they amount many times to nothing more than just a repetition of the gospel. And over the course of the next month, Our Lady, who gave two messages yesterday, one to Yaakov and one to Maria, there's going to be many opinions given about the message in a repetition of the message over and over and over again. Tonight, we're not here tonight to give you an opinion on the message or to simply repeat the message to you, but rather to open up for you the heart of God and the heart of Our Lady. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. That's all I will address that about opinions. That's not what I was about to say, but I'm always ready to change directions real quickly because it's not our opinion about the message. There's not a debate about the message. What already is done with us, once she claims us, once we accept her, then she drives us, just like a hammer does a nail, to hold two boards together. She wants to hold us together to Jesus, to the Holy Trinity, connect us to heaven. If you want to make it super hard, if you're making something, you put glue on the boards before you nail it together. But we're the nail, and we're being hammered And you go back to the thirsty messages that says that God wants to test you through your daily chores. God wants to test you. God wants to grind you to powder, the scripture says, basically, like a clay jar shattered against the wall. Why? To remake you, to make something new, to hold you together, connected to heaven, not to the earth, to hell, because that's what the earth has become. And so when we address the messages, well, this is my opinion, this is your opinion, you're not even in the spirit of the messages if you see it this way. Because it's not a context of opinions. It's a context of truth. Truth takes a wide variety of people, just like a funnel, takes a pouring gasoline into it that's real wide and narrows at the bottom to get it in the tank to fill it up to fuel the car. The fuel, the rebirth of the world, the conversion of the world, the rehealing of everything and rebuilding of the church takes a concentrated effort to take a funnel of widespread truths going through the neck of the funnel to fill the church back up again. It narrows down. And so it is where we are today is to get rid of all of our aspects of opinions and come to a single stream, a narrow view 
that we have and possess in our hearts of what truth is. Our Lady said, I came to teach you truth so that you can discern. We don't even know how to discern things today. We don't see it because we don't have truth. If you don't have truth, then you don't, you don't know what to do or how to do it. And so how is this context of opinion of the message to be seen? Well, when you're hammered down, you become more pure. You see things with more clarity. Just like in Vietnam in a book I was reading a couple of years ago, on one of the first battles, the battles were so close they could hear the bullet hitting the flesh to the guy next to them. They were fighting 10 yards away from each other. The jungle was so thick they couldn't see each other. Went on for three days, an incredible battle. And several of those soldiers was heard saying things when they were hit in the last words. Some were saying, tell my wife I love her. Tell my parents I love them. One that struck me the most was uh, he was heard to say these few words, God, forgive me, and he died. And so when we're under pressure, we think of those things as important. When we're close to death of our ways of the world, even though you continue to live, you're purified and you're thinking in a different way of a frame of mind. Just like the soldier. They heard him get hit. A few yards away. God, forgive me. Truth comes underneath these kinds of circumstances. And so these trials, these difficulties we get through cognition and experiences is to drive us toward truth by seeking it, calling upon God. And that brings us to one. That gets us into the tank of the church of God. And that way we can fill his ranks and his pews. Once that takes place, once all these things are lined up, opinions go away because we start seeing the same truth. I remember a priest tell me that he was reckless with his life before he became a priest. He did everything. He flew. He was all over the world. He was walking on the shores near Beirut. He decided going to the Catholic Church the way he was raised. And there were the same altar boys doing the same mass that he saw halfway around the other side of the world. And he thought, they're getting the same sermon, basically, from the same scriptures, exactly. And he saw this deposit of truth that convicted him and said, I'm going to be a priest. The church doesn't have this today. So our lady's moving us to get rid of opinions and to see these messages in a certain angle. And once you see that, you understand things that you didn't understand before and you become one with your brother. That's why you can come here. I can go there where you are. You can go to any place where there's measure where people gathered that know our lady and immediately you can be confessing to each other. You can be sharing with each other. You can talk like years have gone by that you spent a lifetime together because you already have so much imprinted in you of the same thing. And so there's no room for opinions. Or it draws us into the same family. And we've talked about this before. Go knock on your door or your next door neighbor and say, hey, I'd like to spend the night at your house tonight. They're going to think you're a kook. Would they even do that? Hardly your family would do that today. But I can go halfway around the world and stay with somebody in the house. They can come here and we feel family. What is uniting in us? Something we're seeing through our personal opinions or something we're seeing through truth? The messages are a uniting force to build up a body of people who will witness truth and see how they love one another. And they said, first love, those in your family. That means if you're consecrated, 
Are you in a convent? Are you like here, the families in these families that are consecrated in our community are the Zios, the men's house, or the girls' house, the Zias? That's what we call them. The first, that's where we got to love or we can't love anybody else because our lady's messages told us that. First, love those in your family and then you can love the rest. And she was speaking to the parish of Medjugorje. But these are words from 2,000 years ago from a Roman who didn't believe in Christianity who was describing to the Caesars these Christians. One of their virtuous traits was see how they love one another. And this is the keys to the message, not opinions. If you have a disagreement with somebody, both of you go to prayer because it'll bring you to one. And so it is. This is what we come to today. The Christmas message of yesterday, December 25th, 2015. Our ladies, December 25th, 2015th message to the world. Dear children, also today, I am carrying my son Jesus to you, and from this embrace, I am giving you his peace and a longing for heaven. I am praying with you for peace, and I'm calling you to be peace. I am blessing all of you with my motherly blessing of peace. Thank you for having responded to my call. And of course, this is a short message, a sweet message on the surface. But how sweet is it? How should we look at it? You can look at it both ways. That's not an opinion. Because when, we, when I first read the message back in the 90s, when Saddam Hussein was about to march into Kuwait, just a few days before, our lady said for the first time, peace eight times. And I thought, that's sweet. Boy, that must mean peace. No, it meant peace was in danger. So our lady comes this Christmas telling us about peace, and she just tells us just recently, November 25th, 2015, peace is in danger. What does she say in reference to that? Today I'm calling all of you, pray for my intentions. Peace is in danger. So today, don't look at this just as something beautiful and sweet. It's beautiful, yes. But it may not mean what you think it might mean. Because our lady just is on the hills of telling us peace is in danger. And then she says, I'm carrying my son, Jesus, to you. And from this embrace, I'm giving you his peace. I'm praying for peace. I'm calling you to be peace. Those three things. Giving you peace. Praying for peace. You be peace. Why? Because peace is in danger. So it's a temptation to look at these messages, not in the context of all the messages and what are they saying, and the state of the world. Just look at the world. Look at where it's going. Look at what's happening to it. And for a lady says, today I'm carrying my son to you. To me, struck me. For her to say, I'm carrying my son, means God is entrusted into her to carry God. Who is this person who can carry God? And all you who do not know, especially the Protestants and other people, who Mary is, she literally did that. She carried God around his whole life as far as his infancy and his childhood. 
And then she carried him in his heart just as physically as she did when he was a child. So for our lady, it says, I'm carrying my son, and it repeats it and emphasizes it from this embrace. What embrace? This embrace of her arms around Jesus. Can you imagine what this child did when he looked at her? He saw her. When he was nursing, he'd touch her face just like any other child you've seen here. You think that's different? Jesus didn't touch her lady's face. God stroking her hair. I've witnessed babies playing with the mother's hair while they nurse. These are mysteries and wonders. And what a child does when he gets tired of playing all day long here and he's ready to go somewhere and he's played and he don't want nothing to do with nothing other than playing and having fun and expending his energies. And when all that's worn out, when he's tired, when he's weary, he's going to his mother and he's wanting to lay his head on her chest. So this is an emphasis So my son carrying my son to you from this embrace, this embrace of hers. What did she embrace? Who did she deal with? You think she don't get wisdom? You don't think she's special? You don't think that baby looks at her and grows up with her? That this mother is my mother. And you want to say she was just like any other woman? The scriptures are filled with her. I hear over and over. Well, Mary's only mentioned three or four times in the scriptures. Are you kidding me? Those three or four times are full of volumes of books of what Jesus would be to his mother. I'm giving you his peace. He, she didn't say Jesus is giving his peace. I am giving you peace and a longing for heaven. And what is peace? We've been told what peace is. Peace is God. So if you have peace, you have God. You don't have peace, you don't have God in your life. This is what this means. And it's very clear. And now we have Yaakov's message that he gives. And a lady gave a short message, Yaakov, a longer message, which contains some profound things. Our Lady of Medjugorje's annual December 25th, 2015 message given to Yaakov Kolo. Dear children, all these years that God permits me to be with you are a sign of the immeasurable love which God has for each one of you and a sign of how much God loves you. Little children, how many graces the Most High has given to you and how many graces he desires to give to you. But little children, your hearts are closed and live in fear and do not permit Jesus to have his love and his peace overcome your hearts and to begin to reign in your lives. To live without God means to live in darkness and never come to know the Father's love and his care for each of you. Therefore, little children, today, in a special way, pray to Jesus that as of today, your life may experience a new birth in God and become a light which will radiate from within you 
and thus that you may become witnesses of God's presence in the world to every person who lives in darkness. Little children, I love you and daily intercede before the Most High for you. Thank you for having responded to my call. I find it very interesting that we have winter, the time Jesus is born in. We have four seasons that represent spring, which is birth, summer, which is growth, falls, which is twilight of your life, and winter is death. And yet Jesus' birth is in the midst of the dead season. And his death is in the midst of spring. And that speaks of a reverse. Death is birth. And life comes through death. And so we had in today's message of Yaakov, our lady is saying, As of today, your life may experience a new birth in God. She's only said, as of today, three other times in the messages. And it all contains and speaks of starting or beginning a new life. March 25th, 2011. As of today, may new life begin in your hearts. And then on January 25th, 1987, he says, start living a new life as of today. And then again, March 25th, 1987. I call each one of you to begin to live as of today. That life which God wishes for you to begin to perform good works and love and mercy. And so it is today. We have this 2,000 years ago that God seemed so far away and Jerusalem just 2,000 miles in figure of speech, you might say that Jesus was born on a frozen, silent night. And it's interesting that this life was in the middle of winter. And yet the life he brought to us was in the middle of spring or beginning of spring. And so these words that our lady gives to us today, as of today, you may experience a new birth in God. Our Lady speaks to us in so many ways that we don't grasp, we don't understand, and sometimes we reject when Our Lady wants us to accept. He's
very far through the snow. I think of you wherever you go. It is getting colder and colder day by day. How sad it is that I miss Christmas, along with many people, the very day after Christmas, December 26th. All your department stores cease having anything. They've already brought in spring stuff to sell. And where could Jesus and the child be found? Only in a few of the churches still. Yeah, they'll speak on Sundays. You might hear it two or three more Sundays after that. But other than that, Jesus is aborted the very day afterwards because we base Christmas now on materialism and they dictate to us the schedule. They tell us when you celebrate and what you celebrate. We just spoke of on Medjinomics about Walmart. On December 22nd, cleared all the Christmas candy and put Valentine candy up. That's what they were inventory with. Why is that? Because it's dollar-driven not Christ-driven, and we are guilty. We don't convict. I know there's some localities that's very, very Christian. They very well may be keeping Christmas there for a couple of three weeks. But by the majority, we don't. We move to the next thing. We're like St. Paul said, the Greeks are always looking for something new. We're already looking for spring when we're not even finished with the birth of Jesus. It's getting colder and colder day by day. I remember, I think, the last monthly message, and you had, or was it November 25th message, you were with Maria, and you asked her, after she gave the message, what was the most profound thing in the message to her? And she said, dear children, and how striking that was to you. In the message today, Our Lady said, four times peace, and she says, I am giving you his peace. I am praying with you for peace. I am calling you to be peace. And I bless you with my blessing of peace. I've heard you say that you've meditated yourself on these messages for so long. And one particular message you said that the most profound word in the message was the word I, who is speaking 
So within these sentences, a piece, Our Lady has said the word, I am giving you his peace. I am praying with you for peace. I am calling you to be peace. I bless you with my blessing of peace. And Our Lady is taking the, not leadership position, but as you said many times, Jesus is there with his hands folded and saying, you take it from here, Mary. So in in this time that we're living in and, and in her referencing I, what is it that Jesus is telling Our Lady to do in this time with peace? Jesus really is not telling Our Lady what to do. He doesn't have to. God didn't have to when he sent Jesus as a birth baby through her. Not something that just appeared there in the manger, but literally birthed God through her, the vessel that the scriptures can even be related to. You do not put new wine in old wineskin, but a cleansed, pure vessel. She already knows enough for Jesus to say, Mother, you go down to the earth. You do this, 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 this. She has said, I'm giving you messages conveyed from God. She's getting them right straight from the throne of God, first of all. But she's getting that because she bargained with him. Let me have the earth. Give it to me. You, you gave me God and you can't give me the world. You entrusted me in my embrace to carry him around, take care of him, take care of his physical needs and his spiritual needs. Because when we went in the temple and we found him, I said, why have you done this to me, child? Or you, you put fear in me and, my, me and your father, Joseph. And he went home and he obeyed. I don't know of anybody that's ever lived, I'd have estimated 70 billion people since Adam's days, that God would put him in his position, that he would write about that person in scriptures, that God obeyed this person man or woman. The mystery of the scriptures about Mary, who she was, is there in the scriptures if you want to know, but you're blinded. Many are blinded. Even Catholics are blinded about who is this woman that God says to her, he went home and he obeyed. Because Jesus knew it was God's will that he loved his mother He loved his foster father, but particularly the one who nursed him, carried, embraced him when he fell, and when he started feeling down, even as a man. He put his head on her chest. Think about that. He didn't just do that as a child. He needed that. He needed that womanly touch that only a woman can give. No woman, no man, no matter what we're trying to change in society today, could ever have what a woman has. And her sweetness, her touch, her love, we aren't capable of having that as a man. It's not in us. And so the world can't accept Jesus right now. Jesus can't reach the Muslims. He's only a prophet. But to the Muslim, Mary is the greatest woman who ever lived. It's in the Quran. And so... In regards to your question, what is Jesus telling her to do? Nothing. 
Mother, you go down there and you just be mother. You know what to do. I, as the son of God, cannot give you any instructions. You already know it. Because you are the book of wisdom. It's in scriptures. You are everything that makes the world complete. And so I'm giving you a last chance, the last apparitions on earth, that you can go down there and straighten out this mess. Because this year, even the church has said, a year of mercy. And it's so liberal, people are even getting angry at the church because they're so easy on what they're letting happen now that people say it's not strong enough. But wouldn't it be just like God to grant that to a lady before some kind of final judgment? Or I don't want to say final judgment. We're going to want it to be the final judgment. But the world is headed for judgment. And such a severe judgment that God's granted something that he knows what's coming going to be so horrible, so terrible, that he's given nobody an excuse not to repent, not to change their lives. Everybody on earth has that chance now. And so going back to I, I like to contemplate that in my house. I has been in my home, and I don't understand it. And there were things that was beautiful, things that were sweet, things that were actually even humorous in some ways. Of being with our lady, traveling with our lady, being on vacation with our lady, and many, many other experiences with our lady, that we have a familiarity that I lose sight of who I is and her importance. So to answer that question, it's unanswerable because we will never understand this I. But one thing we can understand, the fact that she's coming and she's at last answer to God is giving us a picture on a time frame of where man is. And the point of man, God, we're reading earlier, was a part of who Mary is. And this falls right into that. And she shake you all. Listen to every word of this. Think about what's been said. And you're in the middle of this, especially you Mezhigor people. Don't you think God's going to give everything for us to speak as apostles, both in the written word, those ways we transmit the messages, and that Satan will come and not want you to read these messages. We're under attack right now not to read our materials, not to listen to our voice. Why? Because we're giving you something nobody else has been deposited with through the Virgin Mary. She's given us 200 apparitions here. She's told us not to do some things through Maria, not through us. Through a credible witness, a voice, to make us a voice. Our ladies made us a voice here. And we live for her. Our whole days for her. Our whole seasons for her. Our whole life is for her. February 25th, 1988. Sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. We do that and we're criticized because we're a cult. Because we want to do that. So be it. We put that as a badge on our shoulders. That we're commanders. We're officers called apostles of Our Lady to our highest degree of any other apostles, just like St. Paul says, super apostles. We're among that here, not because we want it or because we had an ambition toward it, but because Our Lady has shown us to be that. It's not humble to recognize what she's done with us. She's done more with us in this community than anybody in the world, I believe. No, I don't believe. I've seen the witness. I've seen the evidence. We've got it. Because she wants to make us a witness to people to show how to incorporate the messages into the culture. 
a cult of the church that is normal and live in a way of holiness. Yes, we're sinners, but at the same time, the culture, the culture is abnormal. And so Satan will try to make us abnormal because we are counterculture to the way of the culture is going now. We're not going that way. And so we're an isolated group of people. But our numbers are growing day by day, just like our lady said December 2nd, because the church being persecuted and betrayed grew day by day. This is something we drink from. This is the cup we drink from Jesus drank from. And for you who get confused, for you who may not understand, why would you expect anything less than for a voice that's been given to us through the voice that's coming to the world to empower us to be definers of the messages in our life and to witness? We were asked to do this by Our Lady. But that goes back to who is I. This was given by Jesus to Maria Vatorta on July the 4th, 1943. If it were not for the care of Mary, for the prayers of Mary, the human race would no longer exist. I would have annulled it, for your way of life has truly touched the depths of evil, and justice is wounded, and patience has passed all limits, and punishment is at the ready. But Mary is there sheltering you under her mantle, and if with a mere gaze I can bring paradise to its knees and make the stars tremble, I can do nothing against my mother. I am her God, but I am always her baby. I rested on that heart in the first sleep of infancy and in the last one of death, and I know all the secrets of that heart. I know then that to punish you would mean giving the mother of the human race, the true mother, a stabbing pain, for she always hopes she can lead you to her son. I am her God, but she is my mother, and I, perfect in everything, am your master in this too, in the love for the mother. To those in the world who still believe, I say, the salvation of the world is is in Mary. If you knew how God is withdrawing into the depths in the face of the ever-mounting tide of crimes that you commit, that you are deicides, that you are fratricides, that you break the law, you that are fornicators, you that are adulterers, you that are thieves, you that are a den of vice, you would tremble. But you have turned into fools. Previously, it was I that was the bridge between the world and heaven. But truly, in the face of your obstinacy and evil, the Christ is withdrawing, as he once withdrew from Jerusalem, for the hour has not yet come. And the Christ, awaiting the hour, is leaving you to your evil, so that you may do it. Now, Mary is the only bridge left. But if you disdain her too, you shall be crushed. I will not allow the woman, upon whom the Holy Spirit descended to conceive me, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world, to be disparaged. So who is this woman? I am carrying, she said yesterday at Christmas. I am praying, she said. I am blessing. I, to me, has always been the most significant part of the message because God's plan today has the most significant position 
being filled by the Virgin Mary. God's a romantic. You don't think of all those starry nights of what he thought about Our Lady or his mother when he was alive. Our Lady comes today on a feast day, like Christmas yesterday, dressed in gold. Actually, the visionaries tell us that she's not dressed in gold. Her body radiates like gold and turns her dress and mantle gold. Our Lady is prayer. She's God's most precious prayer. And Our Lady is here for one thing, to steal your heart, because Satan has stolen the whole world from her son, Jesus. So even the smallest good parts of you are Jesus's, or what she sees in you. And for everything for Our Lady that she desires of you. Sunset falls in Wichita Yeah, the dances through the blue Wheat fields catch a glimpse of heaven Makes me think of you And even when you're miles away You're always on my mind Lord knows you're in my heart Even when I close my eyes you are golden, precious is a prayer flying up through the air while the rain is falling. Golden, timeless is a kiss that I don't want to miss. Another perfect moment to tell you how you make me feel the day you strolled in. My heart was stolen. You are golden Smallest parts of who you are Are everything to me From the way you laugh To the way you cry To the way you love on me Shadows run and darkness fades When you Come around My single star Amongst the gray Always shining down Yeah, you are golden Precious is a prayer Flying up through the air While the rain is falling Golden Timeless is a kiss But I don't want to miss Another perfect moment To tell you you make me feel the strolling My heart was stolen Open 
Cause you are golden Yeah It's beautiful to see more and more as, as our lady starts going countercultural to the world in this direction, that even songs unknown to the writer or the singer is being inspired. They can almost verbatim be Our Lady. No, not almost, they are. Anybody sitting down with a pen today that's got goodwill in the heart will know what to say, just like the angels told the shepherds. Peace to all men of goodwill. You have goodwill. You want desire. You have God in your heart. You may be ignorant of theology. You may not know all the things. You may not even be Christian. But still, you can get some inspiration if you have goodwill. And here's a song called Golden that really beautifully describes what's taking place right now. You've already addressed this part of the message, but I am going to repeat these words because there seems to be real weight to them in, in this short message that I want to hear if you have any other thoughts that go with it. And those are the words from this embrace, this embrace between Jesus and Our Lady. Well, Our Lady will be speaking to us till the end of the world about this message. But if you looked up the message, you'd see that on our Christmas that I said today, I hold in my embrace that this has only happened one other Christmas message, and that was December 25th, 1999. I saw a lady's words today, if you go back to that, and you see where she said the word embrace, rather. I hold in my embrace. We look at the rest of that message. Our lady says with that, I am giving you a possibility to decide for peace. And of course, today's message was really saying that. I want you to be peace. This 99 message continues on Christmas Day that year. Through your yes for peace and your decision for God, a new possibility for peace is opened. This I've spoken about often. This was stunning. This is five or six days just before the new millennium. And our ladies come and say a new possibility for peace is opened. And then she says this, a bombshell. Only in this way, little children, this century will be for you a time of peace and well-being. She's speaking about the century. But what's beautiful about Our Lady, the mysteries of the message is how they unfold in our life. If you give your life to her and you want to be everything she asks, which is to be an apostle, you want to sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world, she lays out everything for you. So here it is, she says, embrace. The only other time on Christmas Day that she said, like yesterday, was December 25th, 99, and she speaks about a new possibility. A peace is open, and yesterday at Christmas, she's talked about peace tied to this new possibility, tied to this embrace. But if you go deeper, there's something more beautiful. We're at Mass Christmas Eve, and our priest says something that everybody in the community caught. I'm Monsignor Rowland, about when we go up to the Eucharist. He said, quote, So as you receive communion this evening, may it put you in touch with Bethlehem, the birthplace of child Jesus. Spiritually, we need to go to Bethlehem and hear the heavenly announcement that because of a humble and apparently ordinary birth, 
a new possibility of peace has opened up for the world. Wow. Amazing. Our lady said embrace. I went to look up one other time it was on Christmas. It's December 25th, 99. Through your yes for peace, your decision for God, a new possibility for peace is open. Only this way, little children, this century will be for you a time of peace and well-being. And then our pastor, a new possibility of peace is open for the world. But it doesn't end there. Our lady wants you to know she's wanting you to believe in the message. God wants to speak to you through nature, through men, and in many other ways. And our lady continues with this embrace thing that trailed to another piece of evidence and the next century for peace. And then through our pastor saying a new possibility for peace. And the second thing that we saw was last night we did our 10th prayer for the nine-day novena preceding Christmas. And you know what the name of that was? The title for this Christmas day to finish, A Century Depends on Your Family. And in that, when I said that last year, that meditation was centered on a new possibility for peace is open this next century. All this ties together. So we have Christmas Eve, we have Christmas Day, and then we have the message from a lady tying it back together. So the three things is Christmas Eve, we have this. Our pastor is speaking about that. Then we have the Christmas Novena. And then we have December 25th, 99, talking about a new possibility for peace. Those three things. It's beautiful to watch Our Lady speak to us because it's only you she wants to talk to. She wants to convey things to you that she's here with us. She's walking with us. She'll speak to you through these things in real life. And that's why we have so much belief in, in Our Lady. We don't have to have faith. We see this. It's these three things that just happened. How can you plan something a year ago, do a meditation, it ends up on these three sequences of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and back to 99 for a possibility of peace? Our Lady's trying to reach us. She wants us to touch her, touch her hand. But many stay behind a closed door. They shut the door to her. They don't want to be there with her. Our Lady wonders of her children. Who really is hers? What's mine, she says to us. We need to relook at her messages every day. Even if you're looking at the same message. Our Lady's come here to save you. That means all of us. And that means to you as a message, as an individual child, and everything she's ever wanted to know, and everything she does know, is only you. Looking from a window above, it's like a story of love. Can you hear? Back only yesterday, I'm moving farther away. Once you near me, all I needed was the love you gave. All I needed for another day, and all I ever Sometimes when I think of your name And it's only a game And I need you Listen to the words that you say It's getting harder to stay 
Yesterday we had something very beautiful unfold on Christmas. This song just said, I'm moving further away. Won't you near me? That sounds like a contradiction. The song says, and it's only a game. And it says, wonder if you'll understand. And then the words of the song says, it's just a touch of your hand. What's beautiful about this song for us is because, again, just like I quoted before the song about embrace and how it unfolds and shows she's walking with us, our life is filled with the presence, real presence, of our mother, our lady. Our children in the community got a pony cart, actually two pony carts. Santa Claus also brought two ponies. They're in our side yard. Several other communities came down when the kids called out each other and started seeing what happened. And so one of them was soured as far as being caught. They both were pony carts, pulling carts. They were trained for that. But one of them didn't want to be caught. My son Joseph was there. He's a horse trainer. Another son is another part of the country. Joshua's training. But all my children have been playing with horses all their lives. The other two have gone to the top of the world in horse training. I've talked about this a little bit. But what unfolded was something very, very beautiful. The pony out in the side yard wouldn't allow anybody to get near him or be caught. And that's human behavior who teaches people to run, just like a non-believer. They run from God. They don't want to be touched. And they learn how to get away. They don't want nothing to do with that. And so this pony reflected that. And so Mary goes out, one of the little girls, tries to catch him. We all stand on the porch, 
And Joseph starts coaching her, not the pony, but the individual, just like he's coaching us as individuals, how to reach those wild people who don't know God's love, who don't want to be touched, who's been wounded, who's gone sour, who's away from God. And this pony couldn't be touched. He was sour. He represents an unbeliever. So Mary walks to him. He goes away. The song said, I'm moving further away. Won't you near me? This is Our Lady. So Joseph tells Mary, okay, he sees you following him. Now you back away. She backs away. She does not pursue him anymore. A few minutes later, she keeps doing the same thing. She pursues him. And then he'll stop at a certain point. Joseph would say, okay, Mary, go at his speed. And there'd be a long silence while she'd walk around, while he'd walk. Whatever speed he walked, she, she walked behind him. He couldn't get away necessarily, but still there's plenty of room in the side yard to do what he wanted to do. Because this works in a big pasture the same way. So it's not because of the fence. It's because what Mary was being taught, not the pony. Right, he's teaching you as an apostle something very critically important. So she would follow this pony. And then the pony would stop. And Joseph would say, Mary, stop. Just stand there. So the pony would stand there. Then the pony would start walking away again. Mary, follow him. Stay with his pace. Go slow. Go fast. Whatever he does. Don't chase him, though. Soon the pony would stop and turn around and look at her. He didn't turn around. His back end was still toward her. And he looked at Mary. And Joseph said, Mary, back away. She walked backwards. Well, this puzzled the horse. But he was starting to get her attention. We're 10 to 15 minutes in this. Everybody's silent, watching this mystery unfold. Something beautiful. Something supernatural. So again, he follows. And then Joseph says, walk toward. He stops and he stops sideways. And he says, Mary, walk toward his hindquarter. In other words, to pursue him on his hindquarter, to make him turn around, to make him come stare straight toward Mary. Well, he started leaving again. She started walking pace with his head away from her, hiding in toward Mary. And so again, he stops, turns around, looks around. He said, Mary, go toward his haunches again to turn his rear end around and make him face you. This went on 30 minutes. After a little while, he would stop more, and he'd stare longer at her. As it progressed, we were silent. Nobody was saying, 15 people out there, nobody saying a word. And Joseph is concentrating solely on Mary and telling her what to do, not the pony. She, he's teaching her, our lady's teaching you, and we are teaching the non-believer. Mary's teaching the pony. So after a little bit, the pony completely turns around, and starts staring at Mary. And then he says, Mary, turn around and act like you don't even pay attention and walk away from him. She does this and goes through this cycle several times. Sooner than later, in the next few minutes, the pony would take a couple of steps to her. At the end of 45 minutes, he walks up to her, gets in the corner, and she gets him. She got the pony. And lady says, I'm moving further away. Won't you near me? This is how it works. You don't force people to do nothing. The natural horsemanship that's coming of age now, 
as the Indians do, and how God programmed these animals speaks to us how we're to go convert people in the same way. Our Lady is speaking only to you. All I needed was the love you gave. All I needed for another day. All I ever knew, only you. Our Lady is here only for you. Don't worry about everybody else. If she can't school you, if she can't get you to follow her, if she can't get you walking, put your concentration on her and connect. Because this pony connected to Mary. Her mind to his mind. And it's something very precious to see. And very moving and very beautiful. God, our lady said, wants to speak to you through nature. That's what's wrong with the world. Children, people, adults are now grown up, has never been in the greater way of life. They don't get to see God. Our lady says, go in that creation. We are not experiencing that. And that's why they said at our place, our house, December 25th, 1988, go out and bless all creation. Have an encounter with creation. And we live this and God speaks to us. And so it is, when you understand you're the only child and you realize that Our Lady, what she is to you and how important she is to you, that and through that is the only way you can reach others. She's here to make things easier when things get harder. She's here for when things go darker, they come brighter. She wants us to see this. She's here for our children, for us together, for you really, all together to get all done on earth that she has come for. She's come to remind us the weight of the world that we're yoked to, that Jesus in the scripture says, yoke with me and I'll make your burden lighter. Our lady makes our burden lighter. All for the purpose of you, old child, to walk in the rays of her son, the beautiful son, her child. Ooh, child things are gonna get easier. Things will be brighter Ooh, child Things are gonna get easier Ooh, child Things will get brighter Someday, yeah We'll put it together And we'll get it all
Just listen, a song comes to heart about how our day speaks to us. And even as we were speaking about speaking to nature, to God, in various other ways, as this song was playing, I realized a Christmas story unfolded. Our lady just spoke of it. I didn't even catch it. It's a Christmas story about Jesus. Because we had many kids could have been out there, but Mary was out there. And then Joseph was on the porch. And the donkey was out in the yard. This makes it even more beautiful. A Christmas story. Joseph, Mary, the pony, the donkey. Mary wants to bring us peace. And through this pony, she speaks to us. Beautiful. It's a perfect example of how they want to enter into your life. But we're so broken. We're so messed up. Our Lady told Yaakov, his love and his peace overcome your hearts. But we don't permit that because preceding that, she says, but little children, your hearts are close and live in fear. I do not permit Jesus to have his love, his peace overcome your hearts. And the only way to do that is go to Our Lady who laid on her chest, who was near her heart, our lady's here to take our shattered life. And at Christmas time, much of this festers out, like a nasty splinter in the hand festers out. She wants to take your shattered life, put it in her hands, let it come apart. Our lady said October 2nd, 2014, drink out of my hands. My hands are offering you to my son who is a spring of clear water. If you're ever going to fall apart, it's on her chest where the child Jesus laid. And we're in an opportunity to lay our head on her chest, her embrace, her love, who he himself did the same. Pray more than you breathe And you just want to fall To pieces and nights With two a.m. calls Where dreams become walls And you just need a break A break on me Shattered like glass Come apart in my hands Take as long as it takes To break on me your head on my chest Let me help you forget When your heart needs to break Just break on me 
someone you know Become someone you knew You'd do anything to change it in words You wanna take back But you know you can When the pages won't turn And it still hurts Break on me Shattered like glass Come apart in my hands Take as long as it takes Break on me Put your head on my chest Let me help you forget When your heart needs to break Just break on me Part in my hands Take as long as it takes Break on me Put your head on my chest Let me help you forget Your heart needs to break Just break on me child today in a special way pray to Jesus that as of today your life may experience a new birth in God and become a light which will radiate from within you and thus you may become of God's presence in the world to every person who lives in darkness. And from us to you, our little Christmas story of Mary, Joseph, and the donkey, and all the other things spoken about today, Mary is real in our life. I testify for it. I accept every vile persecution for it and every great consolation in return for it. And so it is we wish you the same from here through our community. For what comes, we accept. We wish you, Our Lady, we love you. Merry Christmas and goodbye.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.